Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, saints of God. Oh, some people are still asleep. Good morning, saints of God. Thank you. Our scripture this morning is coming from Psalm 95. And it reads, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Let us pray. Lord, we come this morning with grateful hearts and many, many thanks. You watched over us as we slept last night, Father. You kept us from all harm and any danger. You woke us up this morning, and that's great. Father God, you didn't just wake us up. You woke us up in our right mind. We had the use of all of our limbs. You brought us here to this place this morning, Father God, your house. That's great. But Father God, we know that marvelous things are going to take place this morning. Pastor has listened to you, and he is bringing your word to us. Let us have open ears, receiving hearts, that we may follow your instructions through him. Today we are celebrating your day, the Lord's Supper, Father God. Oh, what a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. You gave up your life so that we could be here right now. And we could not ask for anything more. You didn't have to do it, Father, but only because of your grace and your mercy are we here. So we all give a great big thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. I know the time change may have messed us a little up, but can you just stand on your feet and give God praise this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? He's the Lord God strong and mighty. Who is the King of glory? 
He's the Lord God mighty in battle. I'll yeah, say it yeah, one more time. Yeah. Lift up your hands, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord God strong and mighty. He's the Lord God mighty in battle. I'll say it again until you get it. Lift up your hands, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Hallelujah. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord God strong and mighty. He's the Lord God mighty in battle. Do we serve a mighty God? Do we serve a mighty God? Hallelujah. Well, come on, put your hands together and just tell the Lord, thank you for being a mighty God. Hallelujah. Now we can all sing this together. It's a very familiar song. I know we've sang it a bunch of times, so when we get to this part, I should hear everybody in the room professing that our God is mighty today. Amen. And if you're at home, you can profess it as well. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. 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 Come on, everybody yeah. clap your hands right here. Oh, 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 oh. we magnify your name. Give you the praise. Oh, oh, oh. come on, say, say, Lord, you're mighty. 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 Oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Yeah, you set your glory above. The heavens and the earth When I think of all you made The sun, the moon, and the stars Yeah No praise is high enough To express how great you are So what a mind we serve he's such a mighty god mighty god we serve angels they bow before the mighty god we serve so what a mighty god we serve mighty god we serve Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're mighty. If you truly believe it, Lord, you're mighty. You ought to declare it, Lord, you're mighty. Say, Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're mighty. Say, Lord, you're mighty. Lord, Hallelujah. Lord, you're mighty. 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 We worship and say, Oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Your glory above the heavens. 
Come on, let's say it together. When I think of all you made, the sun, the moon, and the stars, say no praise, no praise is high enough to express how great you are.
say, Lord, you're mighty. 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 Whatever you're going through, continue to say, Lord, you're mighty. 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 Lord,
Kyron, that's Keon Davis's son, uh, Veronica Dunson Cunningham, that's their family. Um, he is a sixth grader at Trotwood Middle School, and Miss Veronica was so proud, she sent me his uh, report card, and I saw all A's and a B for Brother Kyron McCoy. Make sure you congratulate the family if you see them. Would you uh, keep brother Joe Norwood he is still in the hospital uh, he's been having quite a bit of medical uh, challenges that started out with uh, COVID and kind of slid from there uh, Mrs. Norwood texted me this past week and uh, he is COVID free now praise the Lord but he's got a long he's got a long way to, to go uh, would you please keep the Norwood family in your prayers also keep Shanette Childress in your prayers. Uh, she was in the hospital this past week. She is home now. Um, keep her in your prayers. They have found cancer, um, but we know that uh, God is able to do anything. He's able to do anything. And uh, keep her in your prayers. I also got a text from uh, Minister Scruggs, um, her son Byron Lamar. They are at Miami Valley now. He's got some uh, some medical issues going on. Keep them in your prayers. Uh, also, Mrs. Uh, Eloise Pridgen and Brother Oria Pridgen, uh, their son, Wesley, passed uh, this past week. Uh, would you please pray for them and Miss Jackie, uh, his sister? Um, we will let you know as soon as we know arrangements. Keep your ear to the ground and let's support with our prayers and if and with our presence if possible. Uh, Ms. Lee, I saw your face somewhere. Would you make your way uh, this way? And while you're doing that, let me just remind you, uh, men of Mount Calvary, there is a workshop coming up, a men's workshop uh, that will be November 20th here at the church. That workshop will take place from 9 to 1. Uh, there will be classes, great workshop facilitators. The, uh, the theme for our workshop this year is developing him for him developing him for him you don't want to miss this time of education and fellowship that is november 20th here at the church uh from nine to one all right uh, yes ma'am miss lee go ahead good morning mount calvary nation how are you this morning i am here standing on behalf of uh, elizabeth new life center it is a um Women, they are the foundation, uh, Women's Centers of Ohio. We um, help women with unplanned pregnancies. So if, you, if your pregnancy is unplanned, you're not sure what to do, um, for most, abortion is not an option. For some, they think it is. Um, so you can come to the centers, um, you'll get a pregnancy test, everybody gets a pregnancy test, um, if the pregnancy is there, they give you an ultrasound. 
Uh, we believe that once the mother hears the heartbeat, they will know that that is a life and they will keep their baby or, you know, adoption is an option for some. Um, and there are plenty of um, ways that we can help them. So we are here at Mount Calvary. This is called a, uh, it's called the Bottles for Babies. And what you do is you take all your loose change. You can write a check. Um, you can put ones, dollars, hundreds, whatever you want to put in this bottle. Um, and what this does is help us keep our centers open. We have eight centers two in Cincinnati, one in Lebanon, um, four in the city of Dayton, and one in Sydney. And they are strategically placed in high abortion areas. Um, the one in Kettering is right next door to an abortion clinic. Sometimes the women come into the women's center and they think they're going in for one thing and they come out with another. Um, this helps the mother throughout her pregnancy and it continues on. We just don't say, hey, keep your baby and send you out the door. We have programs in place where they can take classes, they can um, earn baby bucks, they get diapers, they get uh, baby food if necessary, clothing. Um, they they gain a lot. They gain knowledge and they gain material things in helping to raise their children. Um, so if you please, the bottles will be in the back. Just grab one um, and place your loose change in there. If you have any questions, um, let me know. Um, this, I did not know, this center was in our own backyard, in my own backyard. Um, and I could have benefited from the services from it. We also have a marriage works program um, for those who are struggling in their marriage. There's someone there to help you. The main office is on Main Street. Um, one, there's a pregnancy center, or there's one on the east side, one right across from Grandview Hospital, um, one on Dixie, and the other one is in Kettering. Um, and like I said, if you have any questions, just let me know. Thank you. We want to be a help uh, to Elizabeth New Life Center. Um, we uh, make sure you grab, grab a bottle. Um, they do wonderful things for mothers uh, who have unplanned pregnancies. And we can't very well, it is unfair of us to say, just keep your baby and then send people out the door. Um, we need to be able to say, here, let us help you. Uh, with some of the things that with some of the things that you need let us never forget let us never forget that Margaret Sanger and Planned, Parent, Planned Parenthood were developed to keep us to keep our population under control never forget that never forget that um, Pamela Allen are you here? oh I do have a church membership certificate. Let me grab my mask. For Mrs. Pamela Allen, this is presented in recognition of her successful 
completion of the prescribed requirements for full membership in the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church that entitles her to all rights, benefits, and privileges of this fellowship the seventh day of November 2021. God bless you. I'll give that to you. <laughs> Welcome officially. Welcome officially. We're glad you're here. do have a card of thanks from Brother Harold and Betty Bradshaw and their family. They thank us so much for all we did during the homegoing of their beloved Pam. Uh, they say our family is so grateful for the outpouring of care and concern and especially the love. May God continue to bless you and keep you in his loving care. We also have a card of thanks from the Edmonds family. Uh, Pastor Samuel Winston and all of Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church Thank you so much for your thoughts, prayers, uh, parties, everything you've done in making our mom happy. She truly loved her church family. We love you, the Edmonds family. That's the family of Ruth Edmonds. Today, we want to honor those, uh, those saints who have been here for a long time. The seniors among us who have earned every gray hair, who have been through so much, who have laid the foundation. Let's thank God for our saints who are 70 or better. The Mount Calvary family does have a special gift for you. Um, when we get out of service, I will meet you at the, the ramp door off the, uh, off the foyer. And, uh, and I have something special for you there. But we would like to see who you are. If you're able, when I call your category, would you stand? And, uh, and that, that wasn't offensive, was it? Was that a, I didn't mean it. Y'all know I didn't mean no harm. <laughs> Uh, and if you're not able, just wave your hand, all right? Uh, who is, uh, hold on, I'll, I'll call you, I'll call you. <laughs> Eager. Who is newly 70 this year? We could tell. <laughs> well, welcome to the Silver Saints Club. God bless you. Newly 70s. <laughs> nice. Congrats. Praise God. How about, how about those saints who are 71 to 79? 71 to 79. God bless you. God bless you. Right, you, you wouldn't even believe it. 80 to 89. Wow. Wow, what a blessing. Are there any among us who are 90 to 99? Wow. <laughs> yes, sir, Deke. God bless you. 
and I think that Mrs. Edmonds was our only centenarian. Uh, is there anyone among us or anyone in the family that we know of that's a hundred or better? All right, then somebody will just have to uh, grow on up to fill that then. <laughs> awesome. What a mighty God we serve, and we thank him for you all, our senior saints. Don't forget to stop by the door back there. I'll be waiting for you. For those who are joining us online today, uh, who are not in service, who aren't comfortable being here, uh, a few of the deacons and I, we're going to wait around after everybody else is gone, and you can drive through the parking lot if you're 70 or better, and you can grab your gift from our glove-covered hands, all right? Good. We look forward to seeing you. I think that's all that I have for you today. Um, would you... Awesome. Awesome. God is good. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, that's where we're going. Let me thank you for your prayers last week. I wasn't here because um, I was ill, and, uh, and I've been preaching to everybody, you know, if you don't feel good, don't come infecting everybody else. Uh, I appreciate Pastor Scarce standing in for me. Um, Revelation chapter 3 is where we're going. The music ministry is going to come and lead us further in worship, and then we'll get into our study for...
worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give him the honor. Give him the praise. Come, let us worship the Lord. Let's give him the praise. Worship him. Worship him. version of the Holy Scriptures. Mrs. Sandifer, you look rested. You look lighter. Just <laughs> she officially retired. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Revelation chapter 3 at verse 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. 
I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verses 7 through 13 of Revelation chapter 3, you may be seated. There is so much in all of these letters. And in any given sermon, we can only deal with a little bit. And we're going to swing back around in a few weeks and deal with uh, all seven letters because I don't know if you've noticed for the past uh, five letters and this one being the sixth one today that we have not dealt with any of the to him that overcometh phrases uh, that's because it's, it's got to be its own thing there's so much in these letters but we've been studying chapters two and three of the book of Revelation looking at the letters to the churches that Christ instructed the apostle John to write to the seven churches in what was then Asia Minor. We've looked at five of the letters already in an attempt to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Each of these letters ends giving a universal call, right? So that it's not just a letter for that specific church, but for the whole church, the church of all time, the church of 2021, the church at Mount Calvary, the church at Dayton. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we've looked at five of these churches, the majority of which, four out of the five, have had some major issues going on. The church at Ephesus, they faced judgment because they had left their first love. The church at Pergamum, they were holding to the Lord in the face of persecution, but they were compromising with the world. The church at Thyatira, they had good deeds and they had love and faith and service, but they had let the world in. Sin was accepted and promoted within the church. Sardis, that we looked at the last time we were together, they had a name like they were alive. They had a reputation for being alive. But the reputation was absolutely wrong. They were dead. 
But what I notice about this church, it is the second church with no warnings, no condemnations, no threats, no judgment. This letter is free from any of that. Like the church at Smyrna, this church, the church at Philadelphia is not rebuked at all. They are not summoned to repentance. This, the Philadelphia Missionary Baptist Church, from the Greek word Philadelphos, speaking of, uh, speaking of the devotion to the founder of the city, Attalus, who was called Philadelphus, king of Pergamos. And he was called Philadelphus because of his love for his older brother, his devotion to his older brother. That's why it speaks of brotherly love. This church is said to have, according to verse 8, little strength, little strength, or little power. The word in the Greek is the word that we are familiar with as Bible scholars, dunamis. You've heard that power, that, that word just means power. It's the word from which we get the word dynamite. This is, in other words, not a church with a whole lot of people. This is not a church with a whole lot of money. All the rich people don't go here. This is not the big dog church. As a matter of fact, by outward appearance, this church is weak. But, but there is something worth noting here. The two churches in these seven letters that have no positive qualities mentioned at all are the two churches that on the face of it, on the surface, are the most impressive. Sardis that we've looked at and Laodicea that we'll look at next week if the Lord says the same. These two churches, there is not one single positive aspect mentioned, but they look good. And the two churches, Smyrna and Philadelphia, who have no rebuke at all, the two churches about which the Lord Jesus has nothing negative to say are the ones which appear weak by man's standards. Isn't that something? The strongest churches are, 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 are given to us um, as having the most weakness and the weakest churches are the ones who look the strongest on the surface. Don't be confused. Don't be confused about how the Lord refers to this church. Don't get it twisted. Jesus is not being shady to the church at Philadelphia when he says that they have a little strength. He is not scolding them for being weak. He is not chiding this church for their powerlessness. He doesn't place blame on them. As a matter of fact, he promises blessings to them. He is not coming with provoked vengeance, but instead he comes to them with the promise of victory. As a matter of fact, I want to offer that this little church is indeed the kind of church that God can use because they are weak enough to be strong in the Lord. And if you'll allow me just a little time, that's what I want to preach today. I want to preach from this subject, weak enough to be strong in the Lord. 
Would you say that with me, please? Weak enough to be strong in the Lord. Now, I know that that's a little hard to swallow. I recognize that because in the culture in which we live, strength is celebrated and weakness is frowned upon. The appearance of strength is valued and the appearance of weakness is despised. You don't believe me? It is the foundation of the lie that has become known as rugged American individualism. That lie that says you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. It is the reason that we lie to our sons telling them that big boys don't cry. And so they learn to bottle up their emotions until one day like a pressure cooker they explode all over people who had nothing to do with anything going on in their lives. It is the reason why we tell people, buck up, soldier. It's the reason why we won't ask for help when we know we need it. I know I'm telling the truth. It is the reason we would rather die trying on our own than live with assistance. Because we value what looks like strength. And we are taught to stay away from what looks like or is perceived as weakness. But if we will listen, the letter to the church at Philadelphia will give us some insight about where true strength is found. And listen, saints, this lesson is not just for the church as a whole. It is for you. And it is for me. And it is for anyone who will listen. It is for anyone whom others may perceive as weak, but in actuality are weak enough to be strong in the Lord. Let's take a look at where Philadelphia's truth, true strength lies. First of all, their strength lies in, number one, the character of their Christ. Their strength lies in the character of their Christ. In each of these letters, Christ instructs the Apostle John uh, to, to identify the real author of the letter to the churches, right? John is not the author of these letters. He is just the scribe. He is not the composer. He is just the penman. And Jesus, the author, instructs John. He tells John to whom each letter is to be addressed, to the angel of the house, to the messenger of the church, and he tells John how to identify himself, how to identify Jesus to each church, right? To the church at Ephesus, he said, tell them the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven, seven golden uh, lampstands. To the church at Smyrna, he said, tell them this letter is from the one who is the first and the last, the one who died and came back to life again. To the church at Pergamum, he said, tell them this letter is from the one who has the sharp 
double-edged sword to the church at Thyatira. He says, tell them these are the words of the Son of God whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. To the church at Sardis, he said, tell them these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and seven stars. To all of those churches, when Christ describes himself, he talks about what he holds or where he is or what he's done. But in this letter, it's a little different. When he identifies himself to the church at Philadelphia, he talks about who he is. He speaks of his character. These are the words of him who is holy and true who holds the key of David what, what he opens nobody can shut what he shuts nobody can open the holy one the one who is so brilliant in his holiness who shines so in his holiness whose holiness is so dazzling that the blazing angel y'all remember the seraphims from Isaiah chapter 6 the burning angels the angels of fire they've got six wings and with two of the wings they have to cover their faces because he's so brilliant they can't even look at it with two wings they cover their feet they're unmentionables and then with the last two wings they fly he's so holy that Exodus says nobody can look at him and live He's so holy that the angels don't even consider themselves worthy to speak directly to him. When we get the picture of what's going on in heaven in Isaiah chapter 6, they just have to talk to each other about him. They say to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. They can't even talk to him because he's so holy. He is the holy one, the one who is absolutely separate from evil, absolutely separate from sin, the holy one, the one who is high and lifted up, the one who inhabits eternity, the one who dwells in the high and holy place, the holy one, he says, tell him the holy one, tell him the true one, the one who is so true that man can stake everything on his word. The one who is so true that he is infallibly reliable and incredibly trustworthy. The one who is so true that he cannot lie. If he says it, it must come to pass. The one who's so true that anything contrary to what he says is a lie. The one who is so true that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that has been made the holy one the true one the one who holds the key of David that means the one who is in complete control and who has absolute authority that one he is not just the offspring of David he's not just the root of David but he is the key holder and whoever has the key has access and whoever has access has authority and so he opens doors that nobody can shut and he shuts doors that nobody can open that one the one with all power in his hands the one with all authority in his hand that's his character 
And church, I want to offer this morning that it is his character. It is his personality. It is his attributes. It is his disposition, his power, his authority in which this feeble little church finds its strength. Is there anybody who is grateful that you don't have to find your strength in your character? (laughs) I mean, there are some people in here who know you need some help sometimes. See, when you feel like you're strong, then you feel like you don't need somebody else's strength. It's only when you recognize your own weaknesses that you don't, rem- you don't mind relying on somebody else's strength. And this church of little strength recognize that they have a savior who is stronger than they are, that they can rely on his strength and not their own. Paul said, that's why I was given a thorn in my flesh. As a matter of fact, if we let Paul testify, I was given a thorn in my flesh so that I didn't become exalted above measure, so that I didn't get the big head, so I didn't get conceited thinking that my own strength was enough to get me through Paul said the Lord let Satan send a messenger to torment me a thorn in my flesh to buffet me he said I prayed three times to get rid of that thing but the Lord wouldn't take the thorn he he, instead he just said Paul my grace is I feel like preaching I really do my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness now come on maybe that's part of the problem maybe that's the problem we think we're too strong we're trying to stand in our own strength there are those right now who think you're too strong to rely on him too able to depend on him fully too capable to let him work it out too tough to admit you need him but saints our strength is found in who he is and not who in not in who we are that's weak enough to be strong in the Lord that's why Paul said be strong in the Lord and the power of his might that's why the Lord told Joshua be strong and courageous Huh? but he didn't stop there he said be strong and courageous don't be afraid don't be discouraged and here's why for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go mm, thank you I know we got to move home but let me tell you he's strong enough he's strong enough to open doors that nobody can close he's strong enough to close doors that nobody can open is there anybody in here is there anybody online who has ever seen the Lord work in your life where he opened doors that nobody could close I'm just asking a question is there anybody under the sound of my voice that he has opened some doors in your life some opportunities that came some moments some open doors that you know it had to be God because you couldn't open it yourself 
your resume wasn't that good your experience didn't warrant it you know it wasn't open you know you didn't open it and nobody else could open it for you somebody even tried to stop it from opening but they couldn't close it I got news for you this morning it was the Lord who opened that door in your life Ah, uh, but sometimes, sometimes closed doors can be a blessing too. <laughs> because, because God knew that there are some things that you didn't even need at that time in your life, but you didn't know that you didn't need them. So he closed the door. Mm. <laughs> think of where you would be if God had not closed some doors in your life hmm? some people about to bust on the inside right now because of open doors in your life uh, but I have a sneaking suspicion that there are some people in here, some people who are watching online who are thanking God right now for some doors he shut. He shut some doors on some people who weren't supposed to be in your life in the first place. He shut some doors on what looked like a good opportunity at the moment, but in hindsight would have been the end of you. Some folks are shouting right now because you know that God closed a door and wouldn't open it even though you kept pulling on the handle. But thank God he was strong enough to keep it closed. <laughs> strong like some of those good church ushers who when you're trying to enter during prayer, they grab that door. Can anybody thank God that you weren't able to pull open what he shut? You kept that number in your contact list. God said, nope. Now they won't even answer. <laughs> Do -do -do. This number has been disconnected. <laughs> Jesus presents his character but then secondly I'm trying to hurry up this little church is strong number two because of the compassion of their Christ I'm in the text Jesus says in verse 8 I know your deeds stop right there that's compassion that fact that he says I know I know what you've been doing. I know the conditions under which you've had to do it. I know what you've been going through. I know what's been bothering you. I know you've had the humiliation of looking weak. I know. Saints, 
Isn't that good? That he knows. He knows every heartache. He sees every tear. I love the way the old saints used to put it. Jesus knows all about our struggles. And he will guide till the day is done. There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. Job said he knows the way I take. And when he's tried me, I shall come forth as gold. The psalmist said, Lord, you know me. You know when I sit down. You know when I get up. You know my thoughts. You know when I go and when I come. You know all my ways. As a matter of fact, before there's even a word formed on my tongue, you know it completely. As a matter of fact, where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and settle on the far part of the sea, you're there. If I try to hide in the darkness, even the darkness will become light. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You know me. Jesus says, I know your works. He knows. He knows you've been trying to be faithful. And he knows the conditions under which you've been trying to be faithful. That's the first look at his compassion. But let me show you what else is here in this, in this verse as a mark of compassion. He says, I know your works. Behold, I set before you an open door. Now, in the last verse, he makes mention of himself as the one who opens doors that nobody can shut. Let me point out the difference. In this verse, his compassion says, I'm going to set before you the door already opened. That's compassion. You're not big enough to open the door for yourself. You're not strong enough to create your own opportunity. And so I've set before you this open door that nobody can shut hear me y'all I know we live in a time and a culture that teaches that you create your own opportunities I know I recognize I have heard the psycho babble that says you create your own destiny that you choose your own adventure but according to this letter, Jesus is the one who set the open door before them. They wouldn't even know what door to go to. Wouldn't know whether to choose one, two, or three. And Jesus in his compassion says, let me get this for you here. Because, this is word, I'm not making this up. He said, I set before you an open door because you rely on my strength, because you kept my word, and because you didn't deny my name. 
They were weak enough to be strong in the Lord because of the character of their Christ. They were weak enough to be strong in the Lord because of the compassion of their Christ. But then finally, they were weak enough to be strong in the Lord. Number three, because of the cross of their Christ. Reverend, you're stretching. I don't see that in the text. I don't see the cross in the text. I know I'm in the text. I know you may not see it immediately, but it's in there. Preachers, remember I tell you, the cross is always somewhere in your text. You see, usually when the Bible speaks about an open door, it is referring to an opportunity to carry the gospel. You don't believe me? First Corinthians chapter 16 at verse 9. Paul says there is a great door being opened to him to evangelize, to spread the gospel. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. Paul said the Lord opened a door to preach the gospel. Colossians chapter 4 verse 13. Paul asked the Colossians to pray that God would open a door of utterance, a door for the presentation of the gospel. With an open door, it always points to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we are going to be strong in the Lord, it must be based on the very gospel of Jesus the Christ. There is no strength without the gospel. There is no strength without the good news of Jesus Christ. I know it doesn't make sense to the world, right? Paul said the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let me give it to you in Winston translation. I may look weak. I may look powerless. It may seem that I only have a little strength but the strength I have is enough because it comes from the cross of Calvary uh, let's see everybody is masked yeah good alright so you can look at somebody then and help me close this message would you tell them I may look weak I may look powerless. It may seem like I only have a little strength. But the strength I have, it comes from the cross of Calvary. Is anybody grateful for the cross of Calvary? It was at Calvary that Jesus open wide the door of salvation it was at Calvary let me, let me go ahead and close it's almost 1140 let me close at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart were rolled away I'll go ahead it was there by faith that I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day at Calvary he died 
died and threw open the doors of the church that's why when I'm given the invitation I never say the doors of the church are now open because the doors of the church have been open since she y'all don't since Jesus died and threw those doors open so that whosoever will can come that's good news liars come on backbiters come on thieves come on adulterers come on gossipers come on fornicators come on in prideful come on rich come on poor come on black folks come on white folks come on straight folks come on gay folks come on in old folks come on young folks come on in Americans come right on in foreigners come on in whosoever will he died on a hill called Calvary with his arms wide open because he threw the doors wide open for you and for me that's why I shout that's why I can hardly contain myself that's why I praise him that's why I thank him because I am a whosoever God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting everlasting life that's why I shout that's why I will not contain myself just excuse me while I give him the glory because I was a whosoever but I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead and now I'm saved I walk through the door never to return again I've got good news for you if you're here today and you're a liar you're a fornicator you're a cheater you're a thief you're an adulterer whatever it is the blood of Jesus still washes the blood of Jesus still cleanses the blood of Jesus it still reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley it's the blood that gives me strength I may be weak but now I'm strong the blood I'm not gonna finish the blood gives me the strength from day to day it will never 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 it will never it will never 
It will never. you can make it that's why you can keep going that's why you can fulfill your purpose because of Calvary Listen to me, listen to me. The devil comes at you as the accuser of the brethren. Lying in your ear. Hmm? I'm not you weak, that's why you're weak, you're weak, you're weak. If you were stronger, you could get through this. If you were stronger, you could handle this. You're weak, you're weak. And you know what? It may be time for you to talk back. I may be weak, but I'm weak enough <laughs> to be strong in the Lord. go ahead and thank him for it I said you can go ahead and thank him for it you can thank him for his strength even if you still feel weak you can thank him for it I think 
I think we need just a little bit of a war cry. I do. I think we need a little bit of a war cry in here. weak enough I'm just weak enough <laughs> oh wow I'm just weak enough for his strength to stand up in me <laughs> oh my Does anybody know my wife? Anybody know my wife? Anybody know her children? Some come up against one of those kids that they can't handle. Now, I might talk you down, but they do have a parent who in their weakness her strength would be perfected. <laughs> so they ain't got to worry about it. All I'm trying to tell you is you have a parent. You got a daddy. Life come up against you. The enemy come up against you. Demons come up against you. People come Whatever it is, come up against you. They got to deal with somebody whose strength will be perfected in your weakness.
Oh, no, go on, go on. Get it out. already that God sent Jesus his son to die on the cross for your sins and for mine if you're here today and you're not sure you're saved you've never confessed Christ as your savior let me tell you you're not too bad you're not too dirty you haven't been gone too long if you are breathing you have an opportunity to get it right with God through Jesus Christ that's good news here's what the Bible says confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved anybody here who's not sure you're saved but who wants to give your life to Christ today would you just raise your hand somebody will come to you if you're not sure you're saved you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity and listen we're all going to spend eternity somewhere but you can know that you're going to spend yours with Jesus Christ. That's the first call. If you're not sure you're saved, raise your hand. Somebody will come to you. If you're watching online, you're not sure you're saved, but you want to be saved, send us a message. Put it in the chat, something. Let us know. Somebody will contact you this afternoon, and you can know that you are saved and how to start this walk with Jesus Christ. Here's the second call, you're saved already. You know where you're gonna spend eternity, but you know the Lord wants you here in this part of his family as your church home. If you know the Lord wants you here at Mount Calvary, would you raise your hand, let us see who you are? You're saved already, but you know the Lord wants you here. Everybody then in the building is saved and where you know you're supposed to be. Let the church say amen. You're watching online. You know you're supposed to be a part of the Mount Calvary family. Put it in the chat. Send us a message. Do something to let us know. Somebody will contact you today and tell you how you can become a part of the Mount Calvary family. Because if, uh, if the truth be told, you need us and we need you. And we're going to treat you like the gift you are. Everybody thank God then for being saved. We thank God for the cross of Calvary. That's where we find our strength. We're going to get ready for Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. You should have received your elements when you came in. If you need to be served, raise your hand and let us know. One of the deacons will be glad to serve you.
from day to day. Has everyone been served who wishes to be? We practice at Mount Calvary what is known as open communion. That is to say you don't have to be a member of this church to partake. What we do ask is that you would do as the Apostle Paul commanded, and that is let a man examine himself, and so let him eat. You are not examining to see if you have sinned since the last first Sunday. That does not require examination. The examining is to see where you stand in relation to what Jesus has done about that sin problem. If you are a part of the Lord's family through Jesus Christ, anywhere, you are welcome at the Father's table. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you for his body given. We thank you for his blood shed. That's where we find our strength this day. What a privilege and blessing it is to commune with each other and to commune with you. Bless the elements we're about to receive for our use and for your glory. In Jesus' name. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to his disciples and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the remission, for the payment of sins. Now take and drink all of it. Hallelujah. To the highest mountain. Oh, it flows. To the lowest valley, nothing but the Lord that gives me strength. That gives me strength from day, from day to day. It will never. I know we're running short on time. Just one more time on our way out the door. Oh, it reaches to the highest mountain. Yes, it flows to the lowest valley. To the lowest It will never, 
today and let's thank pastor for being obedient and delivering it to us amen I know it'll never lose the blood the blood the blood the blood the blood the blood Oh, thank you, Lord. It will never Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll still be um, directed by the ushers as we leave. Um, there are many ways to give an offering today. Um, I believe it's on the screen behind me. If not, can we put that up? Amen. That'll be all now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Can we say it together? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> 